This time on Poll Hub, Mike Bloomberg makes his presidential debate debut in Nevada, and it's, well, interesting. Will it make a difference? And is he happy or mad at us at the Marist Poll for releasing the poll that put him on that stage? We'll take a guess. Then Nevada. Will Bernie solidify his frontrunner status? Will Biden rise again? Can Warren or Buttigieg or Klobuchar gain an edge? Lots of questions. And the polls in Nevada tell us very little. We'll explain why that is. Why it's a bit of a crapshoot. Oh, I had to get one of those jokes in. Uh, let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Marigoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. What do you think about that debate? The Democratic debate with Mike Bloomberg finally appearing on stage, and he made an impression. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you get what you wish for, and maybe sometimes you don't really want to. What did he wish for? Uh, what like, he got? Well, you know, there was some talk that, you know, maybe he would kind of like establish himself in the debate uh, as as a viable force um, as his ads have catapulted him into contention for the nomination. Um, unfortunately, there's something to be said for um, having done this nine, eight or nine times, aired out the debates, got up to speed, I mean, he just was very clumsy in terms of his pitter-patter. Didn't seem ready for some of the attacks. Had one phrase answers, but didn't have anything beyond that. In a you know shortened version, I would say when they went after him, people scored points. So does it make any difference? Poll-wise, I mean, we've looked at the numbers. We've seen what's happened over the course of, you know, things changed in Iowa, things changed in New Hampshire. You know, remember the the Clobentum or the Clobe surge or whatever it's called. <laughs> Amy Klobuchar coming in New Hampshire, she she comes up and, and, yeah. and kind of comes into a very strong third-place finish because of a debate performance. Does that happen again? It'll be interesting. To, it'll be really interesting to see. Look, he, um, he catapulted, um, you know, through the pack, in the polls with all the you know the ads that he had purchased the, the national polls it's the national polls to, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's absolutely true mm -hmm. um, and so he needed to have 10 points um, in four national polls in order to be on the stage uh, at, at the debate and over the the two months since we had done polling uh, he had gone from four percent in the national in our national poll with our um, with our partners NPR and the uh, PBS News Hour to 19 points second, a distant second to Bernie Sanders in that poll. But nonetheless, it was enough to qualify him for the debate. And I, I, so I don't wait, know wait, if we, he... I, I we don't put know him if, on that stage? <laughs> I, think I, 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 saw, I think I saw that coming before. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if he is happy... Uh, or not happy. Yeah, have we have we talked have we talked with our, uh, our office assistant about any calls coming from the Bloomberg <laughs> campaign, positive or negative? No, no, no. <laughs> but but here's the. I mean, I know what you really want to ask me. You want to ask me how does it feel after we've criticized polls as being a criteria for gaining into debate? I was going to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and now that we because we have so let let me reset okay. that stage. Okay, a little. We have spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how and kind of beating up on the DNC a little bit about using polls as a criteria for determining who gets on the debate stage, and then our poll, <laughs> kind of arguably our poll, our final poll before the debate determination is made, is the one that launches him onto the debate stage and made a huge splash and made a process. big splash. So, uh, our, 
What does that say? Well, it doesn't change anything we think about polls being used this way. I think it doesn't prohibit us from doing polls. Uh, we intentionally did not do any toss-up horse race polls way, 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 way back when, when some of the early debates were kind of winnowing the field by determining eligibility. I think having Bloomberg in this debate made a lot of sense, given he's dominating the airwaves. Uh, and I think it was very important to have him in the debate. I might point out that for the New Hampshire uh, debate, our poll did qualify Yang also. So we're two for two uh, in terms of uh, becoming qualifiers. But, but, but that hasn't changed your view. No, not in the least. That, that the, this is not, at least, as it, it shouldn't be the only, nor should it be the primary, which it has become, the primary means for determining who's on a stage. And the very reason we've said is because the polls, you know, when you're getting when it's the one percent or two percent cutoff, that's within the margin of error. Yeah. So and I it, think it has a much bigger impact when uh, the primaries before the primaries start and before yeah. voters have a chance to weigh in uh, when there's really very little difference among many That's of the right. candidates to then be parsing who's on the stage and who's not on the stage by the one or two percentage points that they differ in a poll. It's, it seems quite unfair because um, how, how do you know whether you know, a Klobuchar is la later going to surge or not? Right. So in the beginning, especially over last summer when these debates started, uh, and there really was little differentiation except for a few front runners like uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and, uh, and Joe Biden. Vice President and if, well, Joe Biden. Well, if you have 25 candidates, Unless you have someone who's getting a lion's share, you're going to have a lot of candidates with a few votes. Yeah, so, you know, so it points. seems yeah, it seems point. very haphazard to be using polls to distinguish who should be on the stage or not. Now, we've already had um, the Iowa caucus, the New Hampshire primary. Um, clearly, some voters have weighed in. Mm -hmm. um, we have had winners and losers, sort of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Although I'm not still, sure, I'm not sure what the result of, of Iowa was. Still counting um, in Iowa. And the fact that you know Bloomberg was um, on that stage. Uh, look, he was he was in second place in many of the in. in in several of the uh, the national polls, and in third place in, in others. And I, I think that did provide some criteria, credible criteria, for, for having him on the stage. However, my question is, really, how, how did he get what he paid for? Mm -hmm. I mean, how bad was the debate for Bloomberg? Well, I think it was a problem. It, look, it was a very watched debate. The, uh, the Very the, high ratings, the, and the I think because he was on the stage. in terms of the, um, the folks who watched the debate um, I so what, instinctively, 13, I don't 13, think there's yeah. 13 million people, roughly yeah. at least at this time, that watched it. How many voters are there in the United States? The, plenty more than that. A couple hundred million, yes. right? Yes. So I think it's always important, and I covered these, and I yeah. was always, you know, as a journalist, I wanted to say this was a super watch debate. Let's keep in mind that this is like a. Uh, kind of a mid-season NBA game, right? <laughs> well, but it is, but it is prime. It's a, it is a prime. It is a, it is primary season, and I suspect many of those 13 million were probably uh, Democrats who oh, yeah. are planning on, you know, voting in the primaries and states coming up, um, and are, you know, certainly people who are more interested, you know, and active um, in the in the party process. 
Yeah, and, and the fact that Klobuchar did get the surge after the New Hampshire debate may be the exception rather than the rule. I don't think there's going to be a huge tidal wave of, of support either coming or going. But I think it's interesting that the middle lane, the moderate lane that uh, Bloomberg has taken over to some degree by by drawing people who are over 45 years of age um, – this well, group, I think people wanted to see him. We we know him here in New York. We know him in New York. This is this was his opportunity, and I'm not I'm not so sure that uh, uh, his campaign is as pleased. You know, we did have a couple of other points though in this poll that kind of got you know overshadowed by the whole Bloomberg qualification, and I I thought were particularly interesting. And Lee, you had a comment. Um, um, President Trump is still getting about mm -hmm. you know 40 low 40s in mm -hmm. our poll, 42 percent. Um, he had in this last poll as an approval rating, but an approval rating of 51% um, on the economy. Uh, people are also more likely uh, than they have been in the past to see the country moving in the right direction. It, it is not right side up yet, but there no. was movement um, in that direction. And, and I thought very significantly, nearly two-thirds of, or about two-thirds of Americans feel that the economy is actually working well for them. Um, are those are those? Is that going to be a big stumbling block well, for for Democrats well, going forward? I mean, is, does Trump uh, have the the uh, the most important uh, kind of factor in in his hand? Often, yes. I mean, we know the economy matters, and we've known that for quite some time. And there's been a lot of phrases going back to ninety two. It's the economy, about, stupid. There you go, nineteen ninety two, and ever since. Should have done that in a southern accent, but, Jim Carville. But. but but, and I think this is is important that. When you have in politics sometimes a problem that kind of gets addressed and people are no longer as worried about it, then maybe they turn on to something else. And President Trump is very much trying to keep jobs front of mind because he wants these numbers to stay foremost in people's consideration. Uh, the gap notwithstanding between his performance and office overall and the economy, that 10-point gap he has. Having said that, um, you know, there's an issue here in terms of, well, maybe healthcare will emerge as an issue. Maybe the environment will emerge more as an issue. If the economy takes second place in some people's minds, maybe, you know, you sort of address the problem. It's tough to keep it, you know, as active as uh, perhaps the White House would like to. Well, the next thing coming up is Nevada. Uh, so another caucus which is uh, which we know and love uh, the, all of the caucus. Uh, what 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 do we see happening um, as we kind of get to the next step? Um, this is probably the second to last. We have one more contest without mm -hmm. Bloomberg in it, um, with the usual suspects that we've been seeing in the last couple of contests. Uh, what should we expect from Nevada? Well, I think what's interesting about Nevada is that at least as as we record right now, early voting uh, yeah. was four days uh, prior to the debate, and there's um, the latest numbers we had seen as we record this is about seventy-seven thousand people have voted, which, which is, is just enormous. shy of the entire number of people who caucused. I I should say caucused uh, in 2016, and that was a big turnout. Now, Nevada does not have a history of caucuses like Iowa. It doesn't go back to 1968 or 72 or 76. Uh, it's fairly new, and Nevada voters um, do not have the highest turnout in the nation, even in general elections. They're not a. It's not a super huge turnout state. That being Is said, this the first time they've had early caucus voting. Yes, yeah. There were there was never early caucus voting before. DNC rules 
allowed slash pushed them to do so. So I think it's worth noting that before this debate that we just talked about, which had the you know potentially has the potential to to change the way that voters might um, you know cast their ballots, seventy seven thousand people have already, the water's under the bridge. They've already voted. How many more people are going to show up on caucus day on Saturday and, and actually cast their votes? Uh, and how does that change things? I think that's the right now more than who's going to win. That's that's a big story is a lot of this may be baked in already. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. So so the debate doesn't necessarily have an influence on those folks. Um, we can talk about the polling so far in Nevada, which has not been pretty. Uh, it's, it's, what, what does that mean? It's uh, been all over the place and there haven't been a whole lot of good polls. We've seen a, even a Steyer internal poll, which has him doing pretty well, I might say. Yes, it is. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. An uh, internal poll from a candidate no, showing him doing poll, well. Wow. Uh, there was a poll release which was done, I believe, by a vice president of Young Republicans for something or other. And so why why is it that there haven't been, uh, like New Hampshire had a slew, a, a <laughs> huge number of polls, and a lot of them very good. A lot of RDD, the, the, the gold standard polls, mm -hmm. some internet polls of lesser quality, but a lot of great polls. What's wrong with Nevada? Well, uh, primary polling is at least a little bit easier than caucus polling because you don't really know uh, who's going to show up at a caucus. I think certainly the early voting in Nevada has had a major impact on that. Um, it's, it's really very, very expensive. Um, we've talked a number of times about how out of reach good polling is. Uh, but what I was really struck by when I was looking at, uh, at, the, at the polls that are out there now, one is uh, uh, data for progress, and that's a, uh, you know, a progressive or you know, also left of center uh, think tank that has been doing polling in this, in this cycle. Um, it hasn't had much of a previous reputation. Um, uh, it had a BC grade from 538, but they had only done one poll, so that was only based on <laughs> one poll, so you can't put much credibility in that. But again, it's a, it's a polling organization um, you know, with, a, with a position, with a political and partisan position. Um, I, I don't know what the implications are. Um, for these uh, polling organizations doing polls during the election season, um, perhaps to develop some credibility. Um, I don't know if they're trying to you know, sway the averages um, one way or the other, or whether they're trying to do credible um, nonpartisan polling so that they can give credibility to perhaps the, the type, the, the issue polling that they're going to do later on. But Data for Progress is certainly a, a group um, that has positions on, on many of the issues. Although and they're polling, to be fair, in the earlier uh, uh, um, uh, New, New Hampshire contest, and Iowa, yes. we're, we're, we're decent. I mean, so they and and they are they're doing fair. they're doing polls of a Democratic primary. Mm -hmm. So um, again, it's uh, uh, it, it it does though um, give it should give you pause whenever um, groups that have some kind of stake either in a candidate or an issue um, are 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 presenting what is supposed to be um, objective so, quantitative data. So there's, data. there's two things about uh, polling and primaries that we always talk about. One is field dates, and we saw that in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. The polls before the debate showed Klobuchar in fifth place. The polls, there are two polls that were polling daily. They got two days in in the field after the debate before the election, and they had her surging. So they actually got that. So we talk about field dates. Mm -hmm. So one is, are any of these polls in the field? I mean, we've just had a debate. Does it 
who knows? Is it yeah. we we won't know unless there's a poll in the next couple of days, and and we don't know that anybody's out there. And two. I mean, the, we have talked a lot about who sponsors a poll. Yeah. The fact that we're even on this program discussing, well, yeah, it's an internal poll or it's a poll done by a Democratic group. I mean, it leads or, me to believe Republican that we group. do, or a Republican group, we do not have any idea no, what's going to happen the, the third in one that was on out yeah. was for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And that's done by um, a, a group who, uh, who does... Um, campaign polling, um, and um, just uh, just to recall, I'm pretty sure that the that the Las Vegas um, Review Journal, although certainly the most trusted, um, it's the know, main paper in the state. Main yeah, paper, Reno absolutely, the big, in the state. The big um, but don't forget, it is owned by um, Adelson. Um, Sheldon Adelson, big yep. Republican donor. Exactly, yeah, big and Republican and donor. used <laughs> and then used a um, a campaign. Uh, strategy firm to do the poll. So uh, I think it's very frustrating that there isn't that kind of, you know, quality, kind of nonpartisan. Um, these, you know, these so, may turn out to have to provide some some understanding of what's going on, but it's, so, it's hard to put So an outsider would be excused for asking, well, why didn't we do a poll then? If we do such great polls and we're the gold center, why didn't we do polling in Nevada? We haven't done Nevada, and I think there was very limited time from uh, New Hampshire to Nevada with the debate in between to mm -hmm. actually get a really good poll done. Uh, and, and we didn't do Iowa either. No. And this gets back to the caucus it's thing. The caucus. Is, it's uh, tough. And it's we tough. If we're going to do good polls, we have to be able to do good and polls. And they've become extremely expensive to do that in a caucus, you, to do it well, you've really got to run up the sample size. And I, I noted in one of these polls, which was done by Point Blank Political, who is not even included in Real Clear Politics, had an effective sample of 215 likely caucus goers. They might have just gone to the mall and just asked people what they and, thought. And their, their order is Steyer, Klobuchar, Biden and then Sanders. I'm willing to bet. Well, if you're, you're, if, uh, if you well, are a good not, place to gamble. if it's a poll that's not been included in 538, 538 makes it very explicit that they don't include any kind of polling that they can't verify the credibility of the data, or whether they have some question about what the results may be, um, in terms of how those results were collected. Um, and again, point blank, political, a political advertising and campaign strategy company. Um, I don't know. I guess they're working for the Steyer campaign um, this one. this time know. around. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that's the group, but it doesn't matter because the numbers look. But it is it is somewhat frustrating if you if you do want to be clocking uh, these contests with with reputable polls. Yeah, I wanted to, to move the discussion in a slightly different direction because you know we've heard in the media and, and, and in the pundit community the notion that why do you do national polls when these are state by state contests? And I think right now this is um, this national poll that we just did. Uh, it got Bloomberg in and all that, uh, but it also speaks to the fact that we're about to come up in a week or so with Super Tuesday, and Super Tuesday is, for all intents and purposes, almost like a national primary with 14 states going. Or 14 and, contests. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and about a third of the delegates being selected, and it may be the case that, well, you do have to get away from the state-by-state -state stuff a little bit, if you're going to start looking at 
the national picture and the trends that may occur. Because after yeah, Super do, Tuesday, do, this is going to be a very different so picture, delegate-wise. That raises another question, too. I mean, do national polls – we've talked a lot about how – don't look at national polls if you're trying to figure out who's going to win in Iowa or New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. But when you have so many states, including so many big ones, sure. where a lot of California, respondents in a Texas. national poll are going to be from California <laughs> and Texas, mm-hmm. is that a is that a fair, a much fairer guide to look at national well, polls? Well, I think it is a guide. I mean, I, yeah. we anticipate doing some statewide polls, but – our national polls may also be very helpful in terms of getting the sense of what is going to be perhaps the largest single delegate day ever in yeah. polling. And, and because it's winner-take-all on the Democratic side uh, for the statewide delegates, isn't it winner-take-all? No, no, no I, I thought it was proportional. proportional. Oh, I thought it was winner-take-all on the statewide and then in the congressional districts. Uh, like in California, I thought it was winner-take-all. Oh, you may be right. Let's we'll we'll check that. To, I thought California was winner-take-all and then uh, for a third of the delegates or half the delegates and then the rest are divided by congressional districts. It, that may, that may be true. That's one of the, and that's one of the reasons why uh, some people believe that Bernie Sanders on Super Tuesday can Could essentially – create enough distance to to effectively put it away okay. next yeah. week can we talk about whether we're gonna have a contested <laughs> primary co- convention that's your favorite oh my god i mean I, I, this is the time I, I think, this is the time uh, every four mary years just uh, i think mary just fell, fell off, off chair. her chair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but this is the time every four years where we start saying well if someone's only getting 28 percent of the vote uh how can you get to 50 and so it's gonna be a contested pr- and it doesn't seem to it never happens so maybe yeah. this time it will we've had well, then you can talk about happened. the history of contested. It'll be exciting. 1952 is the last one. It's I remember. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Well, I think that will do it for that, this that, edition that of Poll will Hub. Do it. <laughs> Poll Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Thank you, Mary Griffith, for tolerating us, our <laughs> wonderful executive producer. And Casey Schaff is our editor who has to listen to this word by word. <laughs> week by week. And we want to thank also the Roper Center uh, archives at Cornell and all the other good polls that might be collected that we rely upon uh, as we look and sort out what's going on from what isn't very valuable. Uh, But it gives us a chance to look at some trends, and we like to know what's going on in states as it occurred before to get a sense of what's happening now to get a better handle on it. And if you've got questions or comments, reach out to us on social media. Best place to get us, at Marist Poll on Twitter, Marist Poll on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to learn more about polling and the things we talk about every week, check out our online learning platform. We've talked about it a lot. It's called the Marist Poll Academy. It is visual, engaging. It is free. We're also doing case studies now. And these case studies, uh, one of them will be coming shortly, is about one of the topics we talked about right here on this show. The case studies are a great way to see the practical applications of polling, how it really works in the real world and what it really means means when we talk about these things like field dates and the impact of and all that so Ooh. cool stuff yeah. well, that was that was a tease that was a tease <laughs> a tease yeah it's gonna be good anyway thanks for uh, thanks for joining us we'll see you next time